0: You're listening to the Straight Up Saints Podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome back inside another edition of the Straight Up Saints Podcast. It's your host, Chris Rosvoglu. And obviously, I haven't been as active on this podcast, and I recently did one, and I was talking about how I'm going to be more active, and I'm going to stay true to it, and I will do that. But I actually am going to pose this question on Twitter, and I'll obviously pose it here. So while you're listening, you'll kind of hear it here and then go to Twitter and you'll see it weirdly enough. But basically for this straight up Saints podcast, obviously because I'm doing sports overtime in the meantime as well, I think I want to open it up more in terms of you guys can kind of choose what topics you want to hear about more like for example this episode is going to be about NFL draft prospects not only that I like but NFL draft prospects that people asked me to look at and kind of take away if I think they'd be a fit for the Saints what I think are some pros and cons to each prospect we actually have over 20 of them that people listed and I'm going to go through every single one that you listed today on this episode so I'm going to do more of that where you guys can give me topics you want to hear about I'll talk about them and also branch out if you guys want me to talk about things outside of football as well I'll do that you guys know I'm a huge marvel nerd and things of that sort. So I have no problem talking about that if that's the case. So without further ado, let's get into it. Let's talk about NFL draft prospects that you guys wanted me to look at, kind of give my take on where I think they stand, where they'll probably get drafted and things of that nature. And let's start off with, I would say, one of the top guys that people suggested. And it was a popular pick. And he's also a guy that's met with the Saints. That's the other thing for this. I've spoken to so far 50 different prospects. So I kind of have a... Idea of who's talked to the Saints and who hasn't. Not everyone tells me, but the majority, if I ask them, did you meet with the Saints, they'll tell me straight up. And let's talk about Rondell Moore, who I know for a fact has met with the New Orleans Saints. And Rondell Moore is an interesting guy. In terms of athleticism, he's a freak. He really is. Now, is size a concern? He did measure at 5'7 at his pro day. People are kind of worried about that, but the size doesn't necessarily bother me all that much because. Heck, you know, I've seen smaller guys succeed in this league. You know, you think of a Deontay Harris, granted, not a receiver, more of a returner. And the one that I think would probably be the best example for a Rondell Moore, and I know it's a different position, but just in terms of being able to etch out a, a great career would be Darren Sproles, that 5'6 type of guy who can just turn into a fringe Hall of Famer. Now, I don't know if Darren Sproles ever gets in, probably not, but Darren Sproles was a great receiver, great returner, great runner. Rondell Moore... Look, he's a receiver. I'm not going to doubt that at all. I do wonder, though, if the size kind of draws some teams off. Or, you know, maybe it draws some teams on. Because some teams might see him as a Debo Samuel. Where it's not about necessarily throwing him the ball. It's just get the ball in his hands by any means necessary. Is it an end around? Is it a pitch play? Is it a pick play? What are you going to do to make sure the ball gets in his hands? I think that's something that teams are going to try and figure out with Rondell Moore. But this is what I see on tape. I see a guy who's got great speed. I see a guy that wants the balls in his hand. He's tough to take down. He's kind of got that Steve Smith mentality to him, and that's someone who he's actually idolized a lot. And his freshman year is some of the best tape I've seen in a while. And when you want to watch, if you're going to want to watch one game of Rondell Moore, if you're listening to this right now and you're like, hey, you know what? Chris said Rondell Moore. I want to watch some Rondell Moore. Ohio State game from his freshman year, I mean, the man went off. 170-plus receiving yards, two touchdowns. Just one of the better games you'll see a young wideout have. Here's the downside though. Rondell looked great in his freshman year. Then you look at his second and his third year and the injuries add up. He doesn't really see the field as much and it's just frustrating because he never really built off that, that career year that he had with the Boilermakers. So here's what I'll say about Rondell Moore. He's absolutely a first-round talent. I wouldn't be shocked if the Saints take him, but the reason why I don't think the Saints should take him, the Saints already have a five foot seven young wide receiver who they got to figure out ways to get the ball to and I don't know if you just add another one I think that the Saints can go other ways in the draft I think they will go other ways but Rondell Moore nonetheless is a very intriguing prospect I'm glad that someone brought him up I thought he was a great one for us to study now let's keep it on the offensive end I got two more first round guys that I want to talk about and let's go quarterback here actually it's going to be three but let's go quarterback for this one Trey Lance someone suggested him I don't blame you here's the deal with Trey Lance the ball jumps out of his hands. I mean, you watch his pro day and it's just insane. It's kind of effortless. He has that Josh Allen feel to him where the arm talent is just off the charts. And it's more so, do I think I could develop him into a MVP caliber quarterback? Buffalo felt like they could and Buffalo's well on their way to succeeding. Can a team have that similar uh, similar formula? I think it's possible. So now, Here's where I'm a little bit thrown off on Trey, and this is not a knock on his skill set because the skill set's there. He can make throws in the pocket. He can make throws out of the pocket. He runs well with the football. He went a whole season without throwing a pick. I don't care if you're not playing in a great conference, and if you're not playing against the best of the best, not throwing a pick for a whole season is impressive. When you throw 28 touchdowns and you don't throw a single pick, for me, ball security, A-plus for Trey Lance. Here's my knock on him and again it's kind of similar to Rondell Moore. i haven't seen enough you know with trey lance you got that great season and then unfortunately with north dakota state and all those minor schools they they pushed their season to the spring because of covid and they had that one game showcase where it was tough for trey to get going because guys it's one game i mean how many guys do you see you have to knock the rust off the first couple weeks of a season so Trey didn't have his best game he actually threw a pick in that one so there goes the perfect streak and I noticed that his pro day, he struggles throwing to the right side of the field, which is something that we've seen with certain quarterbacks. Like, for example, Mitch Trubisky does not throw to the left side of the field. He, like, physically can't do it. Now, no, I'm not saying Trey Lance is Mitch Trubisky. I think Trey Lance will be better than Mitch Trubisky, and I think that's obviously an easy call. But that those are the concerns for me. I, I think that if Trey Lance hypothetically were on the Saints team, I think the Saints can develop him extremely well. I think that would be a team that he goes to, and you feel pretty confident that he's just going to be a superstar. Like, it just seems like the fit would be perfect. His arm and Sean Payton's system, the fact that he can get out and run, the fact that he likes to take care of the football. And I know everyone likes to take care of the football, but there's a difference between wanting to take care of the football and proving you can take care of the football. He does the latter, which is what you want in your quarterback. So, Trey Lance, for me, I think he's an A prospect. I would be shocked if he goes past seven or eight. I think Carolina is the lowest he'll go. I think he's that good of a quarterback. I don't think he's attainable for the Saints. I just think he's that good. But I was really happy you guys brought him up because it just gave me an excuse to go watch more Trey Lance. And the one thing about Trey Lance that I really like outside of the skill set, the kid mentality-wise, he is sharp. I mean, he had a great story. This is a kid who didn't really get a lot of scholarship offers and knew he wanted to be a quarterback. He knew it. And teams were saying, hey, maybe you switch positions, maybe a wide receiver, maybe a tight end. You know, you you are tall, you are athletic. Nope. Sticks with quarterback. He's going to be a top 10 pick, and who knows? He might have a hell of a career if it works out for him. Now, let's stick with quarterback, and let's talk about my guy, Mac Jones, because of course you guys ask, because you know I like Mac Jones, and Mac was funny. I didn't really have to do a study on Mac. I've watched enough Mac Jones to know what I want in him, or what I, I see and what I don't see, and I did watch his pro day on, I believe it was Tuesday, so I got enough of Mac to know what's in him. I did watch a little bit more, of course. But let's just talk about Mac real quick. Let's talk about the pros. Let's talk about the cons. The, the biggest pro, and everyone always goes, well, it's got to be the deep ball. You know, you always post clips of Mac throwing the deep ball. The deep ball's good. I Don't get me wrong. I, I, that's why I post it. I mean, the guy can throw the deep ball with the best of them. It's the decision making though that really impresses me about Mac Jones. Every everything is a snap decision with this guy. And that's what you need from your quarterback. You need someone that knows the ball's gotta get out quick. And Mac does it better than most. I think he probably does it better than any quarterback in this draft. You know, I'm not saying Mac's the best quarterback because he's not. I still think that Fields is better. I still think that Wilson's better. I still think that Trevor Lawrence is better as a prospect. But Mac just gets the ball out extremely quick. And I love that about him. I really do love that about him. That's something that's going to help him at the next level. And why is that going to help him at the next level? Because what's the knock on Mac Jones? The knock is, well, he's not really that athletic. Well, you know, he actually ran in the four eights for his 40, and that's way better than people thought. So that's actually going to help him out a lot. Now, that isn't blazing speed. He's not going to run away from Aaron Donald, but he has enough speed. God forbid he's got to get a little wiggle room in there. He has enough speed to get the job done, but the quick decision making is what's going to save him. The faster you get the ball out, the less you gotta worry about getting hit, the less you gotta worry about being on the move and doing plays off script. But speaking of plays off script, just like I said, I have knocks on, you know, prospects. It's, it's more about, you know, being a little skeptical than anything or being cautious with these guys. The thing about Mac is can he make plays off script? It's not that I'm, I'm not saying he can't. I'm saying Alabama and the way they played and the way Mac Jones played, we never had to see it. For Joe, and, you know, because people think Joe Burrow's the, you know, the idea that, hey, Mac came out of nowhere, Joe Burrow came out of nowhere. Joe Burrow, you guys remember that LSU season. I mean, that man, he showed you he makes plays off script. You go pop in the SEC Championship against Georgia. I mean, he's got pass rushers left and right on all, all over him. He's running to the right sideline, then he fires a bomb down the field to Jamar Chase for about 40, 50 yards. So Joe showed us off play, I mean, off script, excuse me, he can get it done because he kind of has that Tony Romo, uh, slipperiness to him. And and I like that about Joe Burrow. Mac Jones, we never seen it. Now, it doesn't mean he doesn't have it. It's just I literally haven't seen it, guys. And that's the one thing for me with Mac. I wonder if he can do that at the next level. Because he can run the RPO well. He's a quick decision maker. Like I said, the deep ball is fantastic. And the athleticism, look, everyone's going to talk about that. I, that's not my problem. The athleticism is not the problem for me. It's can he make plays off script? That will be my question with Mac Jones. But nonetheless, really, 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 Intriguing prospect. Now, another first-round guy that I want to talk about and you guys brought up on the offensive side, Travis Etienne, the Clemson running back. I I know the comp for everyone's Alvin Kamara. I don't necessarily see it. I understand why, because the contact balance these guys have, it's insane. They have great bursts. They're hard to bring down. They're very disciplined in the running lanes. That's important. Etienne, I really don't have much of a knock. I I don't think he's good in pass protection. and probably be my one knock. But the thing about Etienne that I've noticed over his Clemson career is is that he kept getting better at different things. Like, for example, when ETN came to Clemson, he was really just a runner. He wasn't really a receiver and wasn't used much as a receiver. And then by the time he finished his career at Clemson, he was a very, very important piece to their passing game. So the ability and willingness to improve in certain capacities, that really impresses me. So I really like Travis Etienne. The only reason I won't spend too much time on him is because frankly, I don't think the Saints are going to use a first round pick on a running back. I'd be damned if they do, but um, that's why I'm not going to spend too much time. But Travis Etienne, whoever suggested it, great pick, fantastic player. He's going to have a hell of a career. Now, Let's move over to the offensive line. A guy that's not going to be a first round prospect, but a guy who probably go either late day two or early day three. That's Brandon James from Iowa, uh, Nebraska, excuse me. I've had the chance to speak with him after the senior bowl in January. He's versatile. And the one thing he really wanted to hammer home about the senior bowl was that he can play offensive tackle. He could play offensive guard wherever you want him. He'll gladly move. Now, why is that important? Well, because sometimes he wasn't the best pass blocker in the world. As a run blocker, I thought he was pretty stout. You can see it on film. Pass blocker, it depends. Now, he had some really great reps at the Senior Bowl in individual drills where the pad level was good, his hands were quick, and that's important because he's going to need that at the next level. But I, I'm questioning the fit. I think he actually is going to end up being an offensive guard. I know he played offensive tackle at Nebraska. I think he's going to end up playing guard, which he's okay with. He said he has no problem playing there. But that's a guy I really like. If the Saints want another versatile offensive lineman to bring in the fold, it's worth bringing in Brendan James, who did meet with the Saints, by the way. So the Saints do have some interest in him. It's not like they don't have interest in him. That's why I wanted to spend some time on him and uh, and talk about him. No, let's go to Ohio State because we know that the Saints love Ohio State players. You know, it's not a it's not a secret anymore. But Tommy Togiai from the Ohio State, the defensive tackle, the motor's always high. That's the one thing you're going to see right away. He sheds his blockers well in the run game. I don't think he's really a pass-rushing defensive tackle, though. So, now, can the Saints take him? Absolutely. I mean, they love Ohio State uh, players. Tommy T, obviously, is really, really, really important for a team that needs another run blocker, and they did lose Malcolm Brown, so I think the, the transition would be kind of seamless. But I think the reason I wouldn't go with Tommy T is because I think there's better defensive tackles in this draft class. I'm actually going to talk about them later. And there's one that someone suggested from the same conference who I personally would prefer. Like, if I could pick between the two, that's a defensive tackle I'd rather have, and I'll talk about him um, in just a sec. You know what? I'll just bring him up right after Tommy T. But that's why. I think Tommy T, motors high. Great run run defender. Sheds blocks easily, especially when it's a one-on-one. But the pass rush is limited. And And for the Saints... They like to have defensive tackles that can pass rush as well, and I, that's why I kind of rule out Tommy T, especially because he's going to be a day-two a day two pick in my opinion. I don't know if you want to use your day-two pick on a guy who isn't going to play all three downs, at least not right now, who will play all three downs in my opinion. Uh, Davion Nixon from Iowa, same conference, defensive tackle. Probably a, a three-down defensive tackle in my opinion because he is great. The burst is there. He's a violent hitter. I mean, when you just pop in the tape and you watch Nixon play – He's got bad intentions. Like I, I can't make that any more clear. Like if he's gonna hit you, you're gonna feel it. Once you're in his hands, you're not getting out. That's it. Plays over. And I really like him. And I think the one thing that Nixon just needs to get better at is just being a little bit more polished in his pass rush. But I think he's already got that part in his game. Like there's not, like example, when you look at some defensive tackles in this draft, I don't really see them other than run blocker, uh, run defenders. Nixon, on the other hand, I think you can get out a guy that gets you five sacks, six sacks from the defense tackle position if all goes well in development, if all goes well, of course. But he really is great. Uh, you need more than one blocker to ring him down. That is something that you're going to see right away. You can watch the Penn State tape. You can watch the Nebraska tape. Whichever one you want to watch, whichever one, at Iowa, Nixon was eating them up. One-on-one, you're not getting him. So he's a really intriguing prospect. I was glad you guys brought them up. For the defensive tackle spot that's actually all I have for the defensive tackle spot I have personal favorites that I'm going to talk about after I get through the names you guys brought up but those are really good ones that people mentioned so I definitely want to talk about theirs that let's go to um let's go linebacker I'm going to save the dbs for last because I really want the saint to draft a db and I'll talk about the ones that I like but let's go linebacker because you guys suggested a lot of them you guys suggested I believe one two three four five of them So, yeah, you guys like your linebackers. Now let's talk about those linebackers. Jamin Davis, Kentucky, not the one that I want in my opinion because I I think that while he's decent, or I'm not going to say decent, he's actually good in coverage, and I know the Saints need one that can get out and cover. I'm a little nervous about Davis when it's talking about finding the gap and you're in the run game, and you know how you watch DeMario and he could just sift through the tackles and he knows when he's just going to burst through and, and blow that play up, Davis struggles with that. And now that could get fixed, you know? I mean, you put John Davis with DeMario Davis, that probably gets fixed, but that's my concern for him, you know? And I, I think that for him, he also hasn't had that much tape. It, it's kind of that Rondell Moore fact I go back to. It's like, okay, you had one good year, but I don't know what else I'm supposed to do with that. Like, is this who you are or was it an anomaly? And that's what you got to figure out with these guys. And it's even tougher now because everything's virtual. But Davis is intriguing if the Saints took him on day two or day three, I think it would be a fine selection. You'd probably have to take him at the end of day two, in my opinion, because he's got the upside. It's about just developing him. But the pass the past coverage is there. It, it. That's not my issue. You go pop in the Tennessee tape this past year, he had, a, I believe he had a pick six in that game. Like He was fantastic. And that, that's the one that will impress you. But in terms of run game, he's the anti-Demario Davis, and that kind of like scares me, in my opinion. But nonetheless, a pretty solid prospect. I was glad someone brought him up. Let's go to one that is a fan favorite, David Collins from Tulsa. I'm going to be quick with you guys. My only question is, is his speed NFL caliber? If it's NFL caliber, he's going to have a great career. His IQ is off the charts. He checks off every single box you want from a linebacker, whether it's stopping the run, whether it's getting back to pass, whether it's getting after the quarterback, whether it's getting a couple of interceptions, whether it's deflecting passes. I'm not kidding. He checks off every box. Like he is absolutely worth taking At pick 28, if he's there, he's absolutely worth taking if you think his speed is up to NFL standards. Because if it is, the kid's gonna have a hell of a career. Now, if he's not, then you gotta worry about if you're in situations where you matched up against a Christian McCaffrey or whatnot, and he might get beat and it might be a big play that costs you. So that's why the speed's important to me. But man, when you watch, if you're gonna watch one linebacker, that might be the one. If you're gonna watch one that you're saying it's all around. Now, you know, J.O.K. From, from Notre Dame is the guy for me, but he's not falling to 28. So, I think Zaven Collins, if you want to pick one linebacker to watch that we're going to talk about, that might be the one. I think you guys would really enjoy his tape. He's got some great stuff there. Now, I'm not worried about the, the competition either because the, the American Athletic Conference kept getting better and better and better every year. I mean, you play the Cincinnati's of the world. You play the UCF's. You play the Memphis. Not worried about competition. The kid's legit. Is the speed there? That's my question. The speed is not a concern for these two linebackers I'm going to bring up. Chaz Surratt and Jabril Cox, very two different guys. Let's go with Surratt from UNC. He's actually the brother of a wide receiver from Wake Forest. Both of them are going to make the NFL great. They might have great careers, the two of them. They're that talented. He's interesting because he's not a pass-covering linebacker, at least not yet. That's not what I've seen. Here's what I have seen, though. He's one, he's a heat-seeking missile. Like, that's the best way I could describe him. He just bursts on the scene, and he'll make a big hit there, a big hit here, and he can rush the pass. I believe he had six sacks. He plays great in space. You know, you see ball, hit ball, that's the type of guy he is. He's really good at that. Can he get better in pass coverage? If he can... He might end up being one of the best linebackers in this class. That's how talented he is. And the athleticism just jumps off the screen when you watch him. But the, the one thing that stands out to me, man, he is he's kind of like a Devin White. Now, not as good, obviously, because Devin White did it for years at LSU, and he was a top 10 pick, and, and we knew what Devin was. But that's how he plays, in my opinion, though. Like, what does Devin White do well? Well, he's really good on blitzes. He's really good at hitting people. He's really good in the run game. Those are all things that I can see from Chester Ratt. And and the other thing is, I said he gets six sacks. Devin White gets a good amount of sacks with the Buccaneers on all the blitzes. So if you have blitz-heavy schemes and you want a linebacker that can get after the quarterback, Chester Ratt's your guy. Now, on the flip side, the only reason I'd say he wouldn't make any sense for the Saints is because if you want a linebacker who can get after the quarterback, you just drafted one in Zach Bond, but you decided to use him out of position. And guess what? It didn't work. So... That's why I'm not totally sold on him going to the Saints, but I do think that Chaz is a fine prospect. Someone's going to love him the minute they get him in the building. Now, Jabril Cox, you guys know him all that well. You really don't need to hear it from me about an LSU guy because you guys are LSU fans for the most part. But he's a great coverage linebacker. And of all the guys I watched, excuse me, he was the best one in terms of coverage. He was, and it wasn't even close for me. I thought he was the best one by a mile from the ones that you guys all suggested. And why I say that is he was covering 20, 25 yards down the field. You don't get that from a linebacker that often. So to see him do that, that was really impressive. The question for me, can he be a little bit more better in the run game? And can he just up the consistency? That, that will be my question. But I think he has all the tools. Like if you're looking for a linebacker that will cover tight ends and cover running backs, Jabrill Cox is your guy. I'm not even going to question it. That's the one you want. So it really comes down to scheme fit and what you personally want from your linebacker. If you want a guy that's going to go out there and be this tight end eraser, all right, then you got your guy because I really think that Cox will do that. So that's an interesting one. Now, the last linebacker to talk about, let's talk about Nick Bolton, Missouri kid. That was the one I kind of first started talking about. I started tweeting about him for a while. And there's a lot to like about Nick Bolton. There's a lot to like. Shows good recognition in the run game. Kind of like the, you know, the I was talking about uh, Davis struggling with that. Bolton is really good at that. Like, that's his thing. Keeps the ball in front of him in coverage. That's important to me. You, you don't want guys getting behind you. His game all around is solid. I, I really don't have any complaints about Nick Bolton. Here's my one question, though. When I watch Nick Bolton, I don't see enough wow, though. That That's my question. Like, is his upside better than other linebackers in the class? The answer for me is no. I wonder how much better he can get. That's my question. You might think it's a dumb one, but I think it's a fair question because he does a lot of things well. I don't know if he particularly does anything great. And if that's the case, I don't know if he's worth the pick at 28 because he probably will be there. So that that's my question. But I think Nick Bolton's a fascinating prospect and it wouldn't shock me if he has an all-pro career, but I think he's going to need to show that he can get better in some departments because if not... We're gonna have an interesting conversation about whether or not he's the pick there. But right now, I'm gonna lean towards no because, like I said, I, I have some doubts about certain things. One more linebacker, actually. Almost missed him. Dylan Moses, Alabama. Someone suggested him. Let me just get let's just cut to the chase here with Dylan Moses. My answer is gonna be no. And this is why. I see a vicious tackler. I see a guy with great sideline to sideline speed. I see a guy that explodes against the ball carrier. So you guys are sitting there like, Chris, why the hell would you say no? There was not one time where I watched Dylan Moses in past coverage and I said, man, what what a great player, what great recognition, or man, this is going to be an all-around linebacker. I think he's going to be, in my opinion, Dylan Moses is going to be like a Quan Alexander except not as good in coverage. And what does that mean? So if you're not as good as coverage, that's a big hit because Quan is very good in coverage. And you're basically banking on this guy guessing the right gap or finding the right gap to exploit or making a big hit and forcing a fumble. And that's fine. I just don't think the Saints need that right now. You know, if that's the case, I'd rather them just bring back Quan Alexander on a one-year deal and get a different linebacker in this draft class. Whether it's a Jabril Cox or if it's a Surratt or if it is a Zaven Collins. Like, I'm just not in on Dylan Moses. Not a knock on him. He's going to be another good player, in my opinion, if he's used right but I just think he's limited in some capacity, and I just don't think the Saints need to go do that. I just don't think they need to. Um, But again, to each their own, I'm glad someone brought him up because he is a good player. I just personally would not uh, go for it. That's just my opinion. I just don't think Dylan Moses is the guy for the Saints. But again, we'll see. But that's the linebackers that you guys brought up, and uh, I obviously enjoy the fact that you guys mentioned so many guys to me. Now, before we go to DBs, because I said we're going to do that, I have a couple of mid-round offensive prospects that I want to talk about because you guys mentioned them. And I think they're all fascinating choices. So let's get to one of them. Chris Evans from Michigan. He's a running back. He, in my opinion, is strictly a third down back. Like, I, I, not a knock on Chris. I spoke to Chris. He's actually one of the guys that I met with. He, he met with all 32 teams at the Senior Bowl. He says that his favorite running back is Alvin Kamara. That's the guy who he thinks is the best in the league. The flip side, though, is I just don't see that great runner. But, man, can he be a James White in this league? You bet. And and guess what? James White gets paid pretty handsomely to be a great third down back. So, I like Chris Evans. I think that he has that little bit of that J.D. McKissick quality to him where he is just a really good receiving back. And he's going to have a fine role in this league. I hope to God Tampa Bay doesn't take him. And we actually joked about that because he's a Michigan guy. So is Tom Brady. But, man... Chris Evans, he's going to have a role in this league, and no, I'm not talking about Captain America, I'm talking about Chris Evans, the running back from Michigan, and he is a player, I just don't think he's going to be on the Saints, that's just my opinion, but really great choice, I'm glad you guys brought him up, I'm glad that people are watching Chris Evans, they know that he missed one season in 2019, and they're not letting that affect how you know how they view him as a prospect, because he should get drafted, and I believe he will, Let's keep it on the offensive side. Let's talk about Tutu Atwell. And you guys are saying, ain't no way in hell am I watching a guy that the name Tutu play for the Saints. But hey, you might because he's got good speed and he really does a good job of once he gets the ball in his hands, getting yards after the catch. And that's what I love. I love receivers who are great with yak. And I know it's a disgusting word when you put it together. The acronym isn't great, but it's fine. I I do love guys who are great after the catch. Here's my only concern about Tutu Atwell. Is his route tree that diverse? A lot of the routes that I watched, guys, were all to the sidelines. I'm not knocking him. It could be the playbook. I'm not too familiar with Louisville's playbook. But a lot of the routes that I saw were to the side. Whether, you know, on the flip side, his teammate, Des Fitzpatrick, I think Des is a better route runner. But... I think Atwell's a way better athlete. So it's which one do you prefer if you're hypothetically taking one? I'm actually hoping to meet with Atwell before the draft. He's on my list of guys that I'm trying to contact. And if I could get some inside information on whether or not he's met with the Saints, I'll obviously tweet it out for you guys. But he's got good speed. you got to find a way to get the ball in his hands. you got to. Um, my, my question is, does he become a Ted Ginn? And if that's, that's not bad. Ted Ginn for a mid-round pick isn't bad at all, in my opinion. It's can he you know, develop a little bit more. But I like Tutu Atwell as a mid-round receiver. The Saints can use another one. Wouldn't mind if they get him. Now, a name that you guys suggested that I would love if the Saints took if they're not sold on their current tight end room, Brevin Jordan, the Miami tight end, who, by the way, did tell me he met with the Saints. So there is definitely mutual interest in that department. And Brevin Jordan is fascinating. You know, we always talk about Kyle Pitts, and rightfully so. He's the best tight end in this class. I don't really think it's close. And the thing that Kyle Pitts always did was just when you had a big game and you needed that touchdown, Kyle Pitts was the guy. That's not necessarily the case for Brevin Jordan, but this is what I could say about Brevin Jordan. Great after the catch, and you guys know I love that. Really good run blocker. We joked around about it. It's because he went up against Greg Russo and Jalen Phillips in practice, So when and Quincy Roche. So when you go up against three great defensive linemen, you're only going to get better in the games. And you could see sometimes he'll block guys and send them out the club with the way he was blocking them. So Brevin Jordan, really, really good player. Didn't get to play with a consistent QB until his final year at Miami with De'Ara King, so that kind of hurt him a little bit, but he should go at the very worst second, you know, early, mid, to second round. I think he's that good. Now, if the Saints aren't sold on Troutman and they want another tight end to make sure, or even just pair him, maybe they do like Troutman, but they want two tight ends. Brevin Jordan is not a bad pick at all. I think he's a really, really good tight end. At worst, he's the third best tight end in this class. I personally think he's second because I really do like that he's all around. He kind of reminds me of Vernon Davis. Like, that. that's who he really reminds me of. And I think that I know you guys are probably getting, I shouldn't have said that name. Now you guys are thinking about 2011, and so am I. And now I just want to, you know, smash the TV or whatever. But Brevin Jordan, really good prospect. Wouldn't mind him on the Saints. But guys, that's going to do it for the offensive guys. And now we left us some time for the DBs that I really want to talk about. And let's talk about the safeties first, and then we'll get to the corners. The safeties, man, um, Richie Grant was one that was suggested uh, from Peter really 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 interesting one and the thing about richie grant i don't know why he doesn't get talked about enough he's going by the way second round in my opinion like i don't think the fact that he's not getting national media coverage will affect his draft status like the the scouts don't care they don't listen to what i say or what pro football focus says or what espn says they don't listen to none of that they just watch the tape and the tape shows me in my opinion a young malcolm jenkins he's going to make plays on the ball he's going to hit you hard you can use him on on a blitz He he can do it all. There was not one thing for me that bothered me about Richie Grant's game. I I have no negative things to say about him. The only reason I don't think the Saints should be a fit for Richie Grant is because I personally think they should re-sign long-term. They got him for this year, but long-term, get a deal done with Marcus Williams. And if that's the case, that takes you out of the safety market. But for any team that needs a safety, especially on day two, Richie Grant's your guy, because he can play that center field position well, he makes great plays on the ball, and he's played with good corners, so I don't know how much that affects him, he did play with Tay and he did play with Robinson, and I'm curious as to how he plays, but you're going to play with NFL caliber corners, so you really shouldn't be a concern for my opinion, that would kind of be a lazy knock, but I really do like Richie Grant, now, although I do like Richie Grant, I do not like him better then one of the few prospects while doing this that I legit fell in love with. And what I mean by fell in love with is I just kept watching their tape and it, I, it kind of threw me off from the other guys. But Trayvon Merrick from TCU, Saints met with him for an hour. And I see why, because this for me is pound for pound, the best safety in the draft, best safety in the draft, plays the middle of the field extremely well. His play recognition is off the charts. He shows solid run support, which is something that sometimes we don't get from Marcus and they don't really need to, but they don't get it from Marcus. And I just, I really think when I watch this kid, he's the best safety. And someone is going to get a guy who from day one is going to contribute. And the last couple of years, we've seen a lot of safeties contribute to playoff teams. We've seen Marcus Williams contribute to the Saints. We've seen Antoine Winfield contribute to the Buccaneers. We're seeing Minka Fitzpatrick got traded to the Steelers. All of a sudden, they start winning games. He's playing well. Young safeties have been dominating this league more than you think. You just don't really recognize it as much because they don't get talked about as much. Trayvon Merrick... He's gonna be the next guy, and whoever gets Trayvon, getting a hell of a player, really good safety. I the only thing, literally the only thing that I maybe want to see a little bit better is be a little bit more of a sure tackler in the run game, and just recognize it a bit more. But I mean, that's that's a silly knock. I mean, he is that good. Got no complaints about Trayvon. So that's gonna take us out of the safeties, and that leaves us with a shit ton of corners. So let's get into it, and let's talk about a guy that you guys really like, J.C. Horn, super physical. The son of Joe Horn, I got to put that in there. I mean, I can't not. It's a Saints podcast. And my only question about JC is the fact that he's physical at the top of the route. And that could be good. That could be bad. When you play for the Saints, that's bad. You're going to get flagged. Plays for like Seattle or somewhere else, he'll be fine. He won't get flagged. But that is my honest concern. I, I do think that he gets a little too grabby. And when you do that, you are susceptible to big plays. Or you are susceptible to penalties. And I, I really, and by big plays, I really mean the penalties. You know, whether it's like a 20-yard PI or whatnot. That's what scares me. But if you want to watch one J.C. Horn game to put in and say, how good is this kid? Let me see. Go watch his Auburn team for last year. I don't know why Bo Nix kept trying him because he had Seth Williams on lockdown and he just kept trying and it just kept resulting in picks. Like, J.C. Horn is that good. His hands are impressive too. He And I, I wanted to use this word, so I'm just going to use it. He's uber aggressive. I did drop uber. He really is an all-around great corner, top – 20 prospect, in my opinion. Don't think the Saints will get him. I'll talk about the corner I like in just a little bit. Now, let's talk about some Georgia corners. I'm going to briefly go over them because they didn't impress me that much. It was Eric Stokes and Tyson Campbell. Eric Stokes. I can literally just... This is what I see when I watch him. Speed, speed, speed. His technique his technique definitely needs work. Uh, I don't think he really has a great rookie season ahead of him because I think that he needs to develop, but the speeds there and the willingness to play special teams is there. That's a big thing for me because I did see him make a lot of plays on special teams. I think he's going to be a guy where if I'm a defensive coordinator, I want to use him in zone because I don't know if his discipline or, you know, not his discipline, but I don't know if in, in man, he's best suited for that. But in zone, if I can get him in the spot where he just needs to make a great break on the ball, he's got the speed to make the play. So I think that he is going to be a really, really unique corner in this business, if he's used the right way. I don't know if he will be used the right way, but if he is, man, he's got the speed, like I said, to make plays. And worst case, if it doesn't work out rookie year, you can find a role for him on special teams. Like, that's how well I think of him in terms of being an all-around player. So I, I do appreciate a guy that's willing to play another side of the ball, and I like Derek Stokes. I can't say the same for his teammate, though, Tyson Campbell, who someone suggested. And I, 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 rare, I rarely take a harsh route on a prospect because you never really know but I feel pretty comfortable saying that Tyson Campbell's not going to be a good corner in this league. And I know you guys are probably thinking, okay, here comes Chris from the top rope being a dick and whatnot. But, you know, I've I watched his tape and I wasn't impressed at all. I thought his best plays were as a tackler or his best play was him making a pass breakup on a pass where he was actually beat, but the quarterback didn't make a great throw. So you know what I thought I saw? I thought I saw P.J. Williams. And then and I'm not, you know, P.J. Williams, If if he puts out a P.J. Williams type of, Career, if he etches that out for himself, good for him. Because that's a that's a solid career. You get paid every year $2 million on a one-year contract, you take it. But I was not impressed. I was actually really discouraged by what I saw from him. But, hey, if the Saints take him, I'll have to turn around and act like I liked it. But I, I wouldn't really be a fan of that pick. Someone I'd be a fan of. Don't think the Saints will take him, though, because I don't think the slot's the concern. But Elijah Molden from Washington, oh, man. And, and shout-out to my guy Bob from uh, Saints News Network. He was the one who kind of told me, hey, you you should watch this kid. He's really good. And I told him I was going to get to it, but I didn't get to it. But then someone brought up his name again. I'm like, okay, let's just do this. And he was in that Trayvon Merrick department where I was like, man, I just watch this kid's game and I fall in love with it because his instincts are incredible. He is already, in my opinion, an elite slot corner. I have no doubts. He's going to come in this league and if he's used in the slot, he's going to dominate. And he just blows past his blockers in the run game. And I said it before with Davion Nixon. I'll stay with him. He hits with bad intentions. He wants to knock you the fuck out, and that matters for me. He is a great DB. I think he's going to be a playmaker. He makes great plays on the ball, too, so it's not just about him being great instinctual in the run game. He does great in the pass game, too. He's an all-around slot corner that you want on your football team, and I think he's going to go have a great career. Now, I saved two guys from last, and I really like him, and that's why I saved him for last, so... I'm going to play this game if I want to, but Asante Samuel Jr. from Florida State, undersized, but man, is he feisty. He high points the football extremely well, and I really didn't see any problem whether it was a shifty corner or a receiver or a big receiver. I thought he held his own pretty well, so I'm not worried about his size. Uh, The guy he brought up, and that was the one that stood out for me, Jair Alexander. Undersized corner, makes it all the way to being a top five corner. You don't need to be that tall, guys. Don't don't think that you do. I remember watching Vontae Davis pre-retiring at halftime. Man was a good corner. Whether it was Miami or was it was the Colts, really good corner. And I think he was only like 5'10", 5, 5'11". 5, you don't need to be the biggest guy because there's certain things you can't measure. And with Asante, you can't measure that dog in him because he really is that competitive. I mean, he's the son of a freaking all-pro Super Bowl winning cornerback. So you know he's got that mentality to him. And the one thing I will say about Asante, strictly a man corner. I think if you put him in zone, you're not going to get the best out of him. You put him in man, you are going to get the best out of him. So it really depends on the system. But I wouldn't mind Asante in the black and gold. Spoke with him. He's a really good guy. And he's got a chip on his shoulder. Absolutely got a chip on his shoulder, but that's good. That's going to really help him out at the next level. Last guy for the corners, and actually the last one that you guys suggested, Greg Newsom. That's my dude. I'm, like, sold. Like, if, if the Saints tell me they're picking Greg Newsom at 28 today, I'm, I'm ready. The, the, the speed on this guy is sensational. He breaks well on the ball. He, he just trusts his speed, and you can see that. You know, if he thinks that he might get beat, he really knows he's not going to because his recovery speed's fantastic. And you watch the tape. I think his worst game, he gave up, like, 40 receiving yards. He's that good. And the funny thing is people love to say, oh, well, you know, you know Justin Smith, really really you know i mean uh, justin fields excuse me really really struggled against northwestern and, and people can wait to bash him but uh you know you know who's on that other side is greg Newsom locking things up so he is an all-around corner his iq's off the charts he's flying up draft boards if someone tells you, you get him in second round they're flat out lying to your face he's a first round prospect with a first round grade who would be fantastic across from latimore he actually has some latimore tendencies in his skill set except i don't worry about the motor, but. He really is an intriguing corner. I would love to see him in the black and gold, just period, period. Whoever suggested him, thank you again for letting me watch more Greg Newsome because that was a blast. But, yeah, those are all the receiver, uh, receivers, corners, linebackers, quarterbacks, you know, linemen that you guys suggested really appreciate all the names. I'll throw out a couple more that maybe you guys want to watch if you're interested. Justin Hilliard from Ohio State, linebacker, super interesting. Josh Bledsoe from Missouri, he's that star safety type role, really intriguing guy there. Amari Rodgers from Clemson, wow, do I love that kid's game. He is phenomenal, really like him. Uh, I, I do like Jay uh, Tufole from USC. He is a really interesting prospect as well. Uh, and I'll give you guys some more. Ali McNeil from NC State. Uh, that's the guy that I really like. If they go day two, second or third round of Lee McNeil, I'm going to be really excited about that one. Or if they somehow get him on day three because he's going to be a playmaker in this league. And I'm, I'm pretty sure about that. Not worried at all about his game. So those are some guys for me that I personally like. And maybe you want to go watch them because I suggested them and return the favor, whatever you might be. But I really enjoyed this podcast, guys. I really enjoyed the fact that you guys gave me all these suggestions to basically go over and rant and rave about and let me know if you want me to do more of this in the future like i said in the beginning of the podcast if you want me to talk more about topics that you guys picked or if you guys want me to branch out a little bit more and talk about marvel because it is wednesday as of me recording i'll probably drop this on thursday and on friday you'll have a new falcon winter soldier you want me to talk marvel i'll talk that too i don't care whatever you guys want. I'm here for you guys to branch out here on Straight Up Saints. But I appreciate you guys listening to this edition of the podcast. And stay tuned for another episode next week because I'll keep you guys coming, whether it's draft, free agency, or any type of Saints rumors. I'll have them here on the Straight Up Saints podcast. So thanks again once again for listening, guys. Stay tuned for more podcasts in the very future. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your week.